with this now. There's only two players left for the London Spitfire, and it has to be these two. There's not enough time for the respawns, but Hardy's so low. Admiral's the only healer that can keep him alive. Elite Jacon's going around behind the barrel. He got him behind the barrier. And here comes the bot. There's no one here for the London Spitfire. Lander can't touch it all. Disrupt the shot thrown in. And the uprising say you can rebuild your legacy from the lower bracket, lads. We're heading on. Welcome to the Weekly Uprising. Uh, hello and welcome, everyone. To the weekly uprising i am one of your hosts snowy coming to you live from tethered phone internet in a crappy hotel uh i am joined tonight by mr danny rand how's it going everybody hey man uh what did you think of the london game we were, we were just chatting about that a little bit but like this was i think as intense as we expected it to be i think so i'm gonna I'm going to jump to the end, but not like spoil things. Just something that was said at the end. Uh, Mr. X at the end of this game said that, okay, I guess I'm going to spoil it in scoreline. You don't have to. to. You're saying what I think you're saying. So Mr. X said no team is going. He said Boston seems like the best team in the play-ins and London. It's like Boston and London are the two best teams in the play-ins and no team is going to play the other team better than we did. So like everything else that happened, it seems like London is, which is honestly how London's kind of been its entire franchise, if I'm being completely honest. It's a, they are at the circumstance of either the meta or the play style or something like even, you know, hearkening back to, again, when half of our team was on London. Um, but like they just like that first year when they won. They were not the best team the entire year. They just fell into this really advantageous meta going into the playoffs and, you know, just did really well. And that's that's kind of been the story of London ever since. And right now, London is looking like a very, very scary team. And I think Mr. X nailed the hammer on the head with that one. It's just like this was, a, yeah, it was a banger. It was a close game. And it was, I don't know if we're going to see a closer one when it, when it comes to us at this point, and that might be some hubris, but you know, I'll let you, I just wanted to open it with that. It's just like going into it. This was a tough game. Both of us said we're more scared of London than the shock. Like this was, this was going to be a, a pretty scary game. So I guess just to, to open it up before we go into like you know, heavy analysis. Yeah. I mean, again, like I, I have caught highlights from some of the other matches and this by far was more exciting, even though, you know, you look at the final score line, it's three to one, but it's an absolute nail biter the whole way through. Like, I definitely agree. These two teams are probably the top two teams in the plans. I'm glad that this match is behind us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Almost like it feels like London is having a clockwork vendetta moment where they're just like, you know what? Everyone else is trying to run rock. We're just going to be the best paper that this league has ever seen. And it's scary. Like, Rush with a Sim TP just popping a freaking Reinhardt. But, like, it's literally the freaking, like, anime, like, meme. Like, oh, God, I don't know if Space can get, like, a clip from Fist of the Northern Star. But it's just, like, Nani? And they're just right behind you. What? I don't know. I just I, I just rewatched it before we started recording. So I'm still amped up as if this match just happened. But, um... Yeah, getting into it, like, 
Control is a map type that very much favors their type of like ruck, brawly type of comp. It was interesting to see how we tried to adjust, how we maybe failed to adjust. Um, at some point, speaking of hubris, like London won the first round of Control and was like, haha, this is where we lose, right? Because I guess that's happened to them a bunch. And then we won the second round of Control and it's like, uh-oh, maybe. Yeah, so something that uh, you specifically, and if you want to get into the, the toe-to-toe of everyone like in this little podcast sphere, make sure you join our Discord server. But there's one point that you said like in between, it might have been right after map two of this control map, you were like, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I don't like us playing Genji, give me the Decay Sojourn. And I, I said, you know, I'm going to wait to say this on mic. The Decay Genji was the only reason that we had that first round should have been 100 to zero. And then decay just said, um, excuse me, sir. I refuse to have this happen. And like clutched that to a level. I've, I mean, I've seen decay do like it's, it's, it was a very decay level clutch, but like, I think, I think you had to at least wait a map or so before you disrespected my man decay on Genji to that level. (laughs) Like he was doing, like, and I know people ironically say, oh, he's doing his best. And it's really like someone who's just like not doing well, but it's like a cute thing to say they're doing their best. No, that guy was doing his absolute best. Like he was doing so crazy so many times on Genji this entire game. But like, especially it was just the level of like clutchery. And then at one point he had like four HP and he was like, well, there's a Symmetra there. If I don't kill them, they're going to die. And he's like, I guess I got to do it. And then he did it. Like, it's just the K on Genji. While it's, it's definitely a stylistic difference that we've gone like more or less the full Genji where they went the, the sim and other teams have gone the Genji. And that's honestly, if something, man, this game made me appreciate how good Alpha Yi apparently is at Genji because I don't know if it was just that he was playing against Washington versus London, but like that dude was putting the game on his back and like Decay wasn't quite able to do that. And I don't know if that's like, just I'm sure there's a lot of factors in that, but regardless, I, while yes, on paper, the Genji sometimes seems less advantageous. I, it was certainly not a decay problem by any stretch I, of the imagination. I feel like we didn't watch the same match. I literally, like, consistently, I didn't want to be just, like, a negative Nancy in chat, but, like, at multiple points, I was going to type, like, I'll say it again, no more Genji decay. Yes, he had some highlights. Yes, there was, like, one or two clutch moments. I will give you that. But the guy must have had four, five Dragon Blades that did absolutely nothing dragon like, blade never does anything what game do you play you just uh, you, you pop it and then people in, get scared in, that's in, that's what you're supposed to do right that's that's what how my games go in my console bronze games everyone runs away when genji pops old no it's maybe i'm expecting too much from blade maybe i'm expecting nano blade as results in a meta that doesn't include honor right now which is a shame because i would love to see twilight at some point in the playoffs but I just, I don't know, man. Like, maybe you want it because it's just a counter to, like, Bastion go brrr, but, like, I I didn't see the impact from Genji that I think you were seeing. I think the K Sojourn could have done more, or more obviously. Okay, so two things. One, I think, yeah, I'm I'm looking at hero plays, and I'm looking at, you know, being in the moment. And Decay's always been able to do that on every hero he's ever had to play. So, like, you know, me saying Decay was being good at Genji was... To be know, clear, maybe... this is not, like, like... Was it last year? I remember there was some match last year where we were playing 
Genji on Dorado, and it was just not working. Like, this is not bad. This is still freaking Decay playing Genji. I just could not stand it, especially every time he tried to popple and just got immediately, like, accidentally running charged into a wall. Like, it was comical at some point. Okay, that one literal example you're talking about was absolutely it's comical. happened twice! I'm thinking of the good one at the end on um, on Oasis, but um, something just to get us off of the the decay Genji only tangentially. Um, what did you think about? Because you you talked about the support line, right? And it seems like we're not playing. You know, like no one's really playing Ana, but also we're not really playing Alari at all. Is that like what is? I mean, because then yeah. I watched the Toronto Vancouver game and there was like a ton of Alari gameplay and neither of these teams played it at all. It seems like we were pretty hard set into the Lucio Baptiste ish. Like, yeah, I'm wondering who was the other support when Alari was being played. Sometimes it was so they talked about when Toronto was doing it, they would do Alari Baptiste and they were basically saying, if this works, it's really, really good. And if it doesn't, it's garbage because you're just being greedy. Like all you want is damage output and there's no actual support ultimate with that. So sometimes it was that. And then other times I believe it was a Lucio. Yeah. I mean, that's the tough thing is that you have limited healing output, limited burst healing output. Like you're not going to have that beat to like save the day if you're running Bab Ilari. And that's like you said, like this is just put my bench dps heroes on support and they can try to click heads while also hopefully remembering to heal people i mean if any um, team can do it we're probably the best suited team you got Izaki yeah. and twilight on this team like if you're gonna have one team that can just make supports go blah, it is us i mean i don't think there was any chance london was ever gonna run it just because they have like a game plan and they did not deviate from it at all except to run like backbone on may instead of sim a couple of times which like okay, he's one of the best freaking maze in the league. Sure, that's fine for a little bit. And then Sim Rush is just terrifying, like I said. Um, I'm wondering if because London wasn't running it, we didn't feel like we had to run it. And I do wonder if we will see it in our next match. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we played... So we're playing the winner of... Uh, oh, so we're playing Toronto, right? So yeah, well, we will probably see it next match because they were pretty heavy into Olari. Um, so yeah, it might just be one of those. We just have to kind of wait and see and anyone waiting for twilight to come out. I, I would be so remiss if we didn't put him in at any point, an absolute champion since, since what 2016, like there's no way that we don't even let him touch the Uh stage at some point. A support that still kind of knows how to click heads. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is admittedly one of the problems that comes up, I think with like, being not a professional or even like remotely amazing Overwatch player myself versus like the league, I don't get Alari. I know people were saying like she's busted, she's overpowered, but like if you're not playing her as a DPS, like is she actually that great of a healer? Like is Captive Sun that powerful of an ultimate? I just don't think so, especially compared to like the Bastion Grenade or other stuff that you can do to either come in clutch and save the day like with a beat or to both put out some damage and save the day with like coalescence or Kiriko's rush. Like, I don't know. It, it just feels like she flies up in the air, making a target out of herself. Like Sigma drops a bastion grenade and that's about it. And you probably don't get the kill. Yeah. And I think honestly, a huge part of your opinion on that, like, I don't want to just 
you know, rest. What's it? Uh, if you're going to rest on your laurels, you got to be able to eat them for dinner. I don't want to rest on it, but like the best team in the play-ins didn't even touch her, right? So, like, I don't know if it's just one of Neither those things. Neither of the best where, two teams, if you believe yeah. Uber and the correct. Right. And, you know, Toronto and Vancouver put up a like absolute banger game, which honestly I watched that game very intently because I was just like Vancouver, just I, I need you to trip up. I don't I, I need it to happen. So basically all I learned out of that game. So Vancouver comes down, I just say, if we shut down Hydron, we're we're good, right? Just bird ring be better mm-hmm. than Hydron. And I'm so knock on proverbial wood, I'm so okay with putting bird ring that up against good. Hydron. Right. That was like that was the big thing, right? It was they just couldn't stand up to him once he finally like got into it in the post-game interview he was like oh yeah you know um uh, he sang's just like not that great of a player and i'm just like bird ring is just gonna be like child please right so i'm not really that concerned about the the head-to-head with hydron but watching that entire game it's just it was like a giant slugfest and there was just it, it feels like there's a a smidge more precision involved in not trying to play that style with that like what if I have every single person just be a a damage machine, right? Like Toronto won, mm-hmm. and they were they won once they started putting collusion on Sigma, right? If I put everyone on the highest damage output version of themselves, like maybe Zarya, if you're optimizing, is better than Sigma, but like it's still close, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a very much like. Um, What's it in like 300? Like, oh, we'll just block the sun with arrows, right? Like, it's just, they were just like, exactly. We we are going to fight in the shade. I believe we can fight in the shade, but a lot of teams have just decided to block out the sun. And I I agree with you. And again, I'm also a um, on my best day sub gold player. Um, <laughs> and I do not see the um, allure of Alari, but I think we have shown the way that we're playing things. And also like, Buddy, get Lee J gone back on Lucio. I love it. I love seeing it oh, yeah. like clutched we got, out. Uh, we got every version of Lee J gone against London. We got Lee J gone. We got Bait J gone on Midtown, where he's just like dancing around the two supports while they get picked off. We had Feet oh my god, when they were just when like, please, can deep. someone kill Lee J gone? And it didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, suddenly both supports London are dead, and he's just like, whoop, and he just slides along the wall right out of there. You're just like, ow. What yeah, was I, the what's the meme from early Overwatch? Like someone kill someone, please. Who's who are the players I'm thinking of with that meme? Okay, so I can't fairly say that because uh when we used to like we'd play with Kool-Aid a lot, and there was at one point there was a Moira that we couldn't kill, and Kool-Aid uh-huh. just kept being like, Someone kill the Moira, someone kill the someone kill the Moira. And he was like so out of it. So like in my friend group now. All we talk about is someone kill the Moira. So I do not remember, but it's only because Kool-Aid was so adamant about killing that Moira. It might have been you. I don't know. Uh, someone Was it someone kill Cool Matt, please? I'm trying to remember like the meme from it, but it was just like the hero had crazy survivability. It felt like that would lead you down. I think it was Cool Matt. It might have been. Um, that dude has a stellar baby diva, so it might have been like back in the early days. might have been Cool Matt. <laughs> I'm seeing a bunch of Tumblr accounts that are all some variant of please kill cool Matt, please. So I'm assuming this is this is on the money. Nice. Um but yeah, like he staggered Hottie a bunch, which was amazing. Like staggering a Reinhardt is now my favorite thing to see happen in professional Overwatch. It's, it's so just, funny. 
<laughs> you turn his survivability into such a burden when he's just trudging along on like 10 HP and it's like, please let me respawn. It's like, I'm going to charge back. No, I'm going to fortify. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> that was, yeah, I mean, like, I audibly laughed out loud. And I don't <laughs> think before, like, um, S Big D, I've done that in a game. Mm-hmm. It's, it was just such a fun match and like a real nail biter, like, absolutely. 100 times out of 100 or however many times out of 100 we definitely lose that in some universes like london is still a scary team and i could very much see them spoiler we'll jump into it right we beat them 3-1 i could see them making an amazing run through the losers bracket at this point um just sticking to what they're doing like they've perfected paper and everyone else is still trying to figure out the best version of rock if it's with alari or not um one thing I do want to say that I'm concerned about, and you watched Toronto Vancouver, so maybe you can speak more to this, but it felt like for both teams, the dominant strategy was just pick off Baptiste first. Like, Izayaki was the first killed in team fights so many times against London. Yeah, I think um, it was a little bit different because a lot of the time, like, I think the big thing was once Toronto fully switched into... I'm sorry, Vancouver fully switched into the, like the double murder you in the face support line. It kind of started falling apart, but also it was, I think, and it's hard to like pinpoint, is it a specific person doing this one thing or is it because the person does this thing? There's like a bunch of micro transactions that take place around them. But like, yeah. I was just because like Kalush switching to Sigma was like a giant thing um, that seemed to be a bit of a, a momentum switch um, with that game. And it's it there definitely was a few times where in the beginning because it seemed like it was going to be a vancouver 3-0 like they were it wasn't mm-hmm. even close those first two maps and i remember in those first two maps the only times that toronto won a map was crimzo was playing anna and he would get picked first because they were doing um genji mm-hmm. with anna to get the uh nano blade and yeah. anytime crimzo was done first that was the only time that they won a team fight so it does seem like whatever that like you know, flex plus Mac, like op- optimum healing person is, that is the person that you just want to go for in this team comp because mm. it's just so heavily based on like, we're going to just go straight in and we're going to hope to God that there's enough healing going for the person going at Like that's all Hottie yeah. was doing. There was like five times he was like in our back line and it was just like, can someone kill him? It's like, no, no one can because he's receiving 80,000 healing per second because that's all that they're yeah. doing. Well, so, and you throw a mortality field in the mix, like that takes a few seconds to chunk down, even if you're in turret mode of Bastion. Like, I understand why it would make sense to target that, especially if you think he's near window. What I am wondering, and maybe this is an adjustment we see, is is this where Alari factors in, right? Like, with that focused healing beam, her heals per second has got to outpace Lucio's, like, AoE healing. So maybe in those circumstances, if you can, like focus the perfect target at the perfect time you keep your baptiste alive longer i don't know i think a big thing about that though is the lucio helps with like smurf we haven't talked about him a lot but like smurf played Uh, arissa incredibly (laughs) right and a a big part of that is that even when lee jagon is being you know backline murder you jagon like he still also realizes that he's got a giant mechanical horse that is the linchpin of his team and he needs to get him out of there. So like speed boost seems very important to playing Arissa effectively, mm-hmm. especially like once she's burnt, like 
goes in, uh, you know, spear spins, fortifies, and then there's just nothing left. She's just like a giant ultimate bank. So Lee Jagon understands that he needs to get her yeah. out of there right now, right? So well, there is a problem that, with playing Arissa and Alari, in my opinion. To that point, though, like, and again, like, we should be talking more about Smurf because he put on an amazing performance on Arissa. Like, he looked like someone out there at times. Um, I think, I forget which one of the casters commented on this, but like, his timing for cooldowns was basically perfect. Like, spear someone to get distance, fortify when you start taking damage, like, field spin to deflect, and then spears back on them, and then fortifies. Like, he was just cycling through cooldowns so efficiently the whole time. It was amazing. Yeah, I think the casters also, or um, the spectators, found a great way to and this is no fault of their own, but they were just like, oh, he's going to spear a choke. I bet you he's probably not going to hit anything. And like every single time it seemed like he like speared a choke, nothing would happen. And it's not like you're expecting those to happen. It's kind of like when like Anna shoot like sleep darts down the choke, but it just seemed so like chuck satisfying and then nothing happens. And it's like that happened at least 10 times in that game. And it was just like, can you just go to someone else when he like that's happening, please? <laughs> Don't embarrass him. Just cut away as soon as you see him hit the shift key or whatever. Yeah, and then just go to Decay, and you know maybe he's doing incredibly well, or maybe he's in the mm. back line and he's not doing anything. You know, I, I, I don't know. Getting nothing from it. Um, that's an interesting thought. Can you imagine the amount of damage output we'd have if we had Decay on Sojourn and Twilight in on Ilari? I think that would again be one of those situations where as soon as they rushed someone down, it would crumble. Which is the problem mm. with those types of things. It's like, at least, like, um, Genji has between dash, climb, reflect, survivability. Yeah. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Unless you're getting beamed down by backbone. Right. And then, like, you know, Lee Jagon has way more survivability than Alari. Lee Jagon apparently has some cheat code that we don't <laughs> know about. That he was up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B, start, select in the middle of Midtown. No clip through the train station. Right. So there, there is a level of survivability that uh, London was just not prepared for, that if we were trying to go for the most murder-them-in-the-face mentality, it just wouldn't have happened. I mean, talking about like us playing aggressively, like yet again, we just dominated on Suravasa. Like, I, I don't know if New Junk City is in the map pool at all, or if it's just like everyone is picking Suravasa because it's a nicer map, but like we look so good on this map. And heading into it, I was worried because I remembered, like, your comment, like, oh, Flashpoint is just control with extra steps. Well, London dominated us on control. Like, this can't be good. Turns out those extra steps, like conserving ult charge between points, is great for us. And we know how to play it really aggressively. Yeah, that was a great point, too, because it was, like, the amount of times that... I'm glad we like transitioned into talking about Smurf, but like the amount of times that like leading into a checkpoint, the Smurf was like, I'm going to use all my cooldowns to make sure you can't get into these little choke points, which is awesome. Like between, you know, Terra Surge is not a great alt, but like Smurf finds a way to <laughs> make it a really good alt. Certifying, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a but, like that. Yeah. And then there's like, there's a couple times where he was like, oh, I'm just going to like stagger, you know, my spear spin and then i'll do one spear and it's just it's slow enough and then you do that enough times that it's like oh we gained 35 percent on the point and that was basically on the back of smurf plus like a little bit of chip damage so mm -hmm. he is i mean he's 
to say he's a top tier tank almost does him a disservice, but like Smurf clearly understands what his job is supposed to be in that role and, and understands the assignment. If I'm going to like tick top to like, Mm -hmm. uh, I understand you fellow kids, but like, yeah, he definitely understands what he's supposed to be doing in that map type. Oh yeah. He knows how to control space, like classic tank behavior, not just like hold M1 and try to gun someone down or swing your hammer. Like, it's it's impressive. Um, so heading into Toronto, this feels better for us than if Vancouver had won. <laughs> like this feels like a matchup we've had before and felt good about before. Yeah, and the last time we had this matchup, Vancouver had like a bunch of its players that, to be honest, I thought were better than the players that they have right now. So it's I'm. Sorry, Toronto. I said Vancouver. Apologies. Um, but yeah, no, like Toronto dropping Sam, uh, less, they, and they also just had less. They dropped some other people that I don't remember, and apologies, but it's just like less flexibility in general. And I feel better, despite the fact that Toronto beat Vancouver, I feel better walking into this than I would f- walking into a Vancouver game. I talked about this last week. I was more scared of Vancouver than I was of the Atlanta Rain. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's nice that we don't have to like walk into this like Maluki jinx game and we get to just look at a team that we have played and beat every time we've had to besides preseason. And again, in the mm-hmm. preseason, they had all those extra people. They had the fact that they basically only won because of that dead eye nerf. Like it's, there were enough reasons that I'm not. And again, I hate being confident about these things, <laughs> but I feel like we should be able to walk out of this one, uh, you know, with the W. And if we don't, I hate it because now we've entered the world where we have to play Vancouver. So uh-huh. if we can just win this one out, there's no chance we have to play Vancouver unless it's in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I'm looking back at the end of the regular season and the last time Toronto and Vancouver played, Toronto also beat them 3-2. Um, and then two weeks later, we beat Toronto 3-1. So I'm hoping for that again. I don't know if you think a 3-1 is realistic or a 3-0 or something else, but... I kind of want to see what the order of the map pool is, to be honest with you. Um, And I think it's just... It seemed like that last game that Hydron needed the two-map warm-up. If we can find two map types that we're really good at, and then he's like, oh, he finally warmed up on map three, then... Mm-hmm. That's really cute. Bird ring, don't you know? Bird ring saying, uh, "Don't quote the ancient magic to me." I was there when it was written, right? Like it's, I, I think we can probably get out of this with a three-one, uh, with mm-hmm. like a a two-map, maybe one loss, and then the next one one. But I'd I'd like to see the map pull just to make sure about it. Yeah, there are some interesting matches coming up this weekend. So on the topic of us playing Toronto, uh, there's another watch party at Helix which is going to be awesome. We're going to try to be there again. Uh, maybe handing out QR codes, maybe just chilling at the bar. Don't know yet. Um, but yeah, we opened the day with San Francisco Schnock versus the Vancouver Titans, which feels like a season two throwback. Uh, then Washington Justice versus London Spitfire, which, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd say this is where we say farewell to the Washington Justice. And when we play Toronto at, at 6 p.m. Eastern. So it's it's a very jam-packed Saturday afternoon of Overwatch, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then Sunday, there's a couple of TBD matches, but I think 
I'm trying to remember because of this just playing bracket shenanigans. Like, if we beat Toronto, like, we're Gucci. We're done. Yeah, if we beat Toronto, we're done. If we don't beat Toronto, then we will play the winner of um, the the two between the Washington and, oh, man, you said so many teams there. Uh, Let me (laughs) pull up the picture I put up. Yeah, so we would have to play the winner. So, shock Vancouver moves. London, Washington moves, and then the winner of that game, we would have to play if we lose. So Toronto would move on, and then we'd play either San Francisco, Vancouver, Washington, or London, based on who wins their game. God, can you imagine a London rematch if it goes that route? Uh, we will, That'd be we gross, will and I would be honestly scared. That <laughs> <laughs> would be just really unfortunate. Um, you kind of hope that with like double elimination, you end up with like the top two teams advance. That's what like is supposed to feel good, right? Um, but I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Toronto's got that playoff diff. You know, they're hosting playoffs. I'm sure they want to be participating in it. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like we're still in a pretty good place for postseason, but there's a lot of Overwatch ahead of us. Yep. And speaking of lots of Overwatch, uh, do we have any alpha trivia today? Okay, so we don't don't have alpha trivia, but um, mm-hmm. if you give but... me like one minute, I'll come up with some random arbitrary trivia uh, just for you. How does that sound? Our, that sounds great. Space, you can't use the same intro music. That's for alpha. Okay, give me one second. It's time. Okay, all right, I got it. This player has played for Finland's World Cup team three times in a row. Uh And they have been on two different Overwatch teams. Who is this player? See, what I don't like about Danny Rand's random trivia is that I am the only one who can answer. (laughs) Let me give you a hint. The fact uh-huh. that Danny Rand is asking you is a pretty big hint. Um, how many times for the uh, the Finnish team? So he has played for the Finnish team twice, and he coached the third time. I apologize. So he's been okay. part of it three times, but played twice, uh, coached the last time. And I feel then like the only Scandinavian player I know is Kellex, and he's Danish. Oh, I give up. <laughs> okay. Um. I'll give you one more hint. Um, okay. The alternative jersey of this player looks similar to a Foot Locker employee's jersey. You say that as if I remember any player who's ever played for the Philadelphia Fusion. It's Fraggy. Uh, oh, that is embarrassing. He's an emoji in our Discord. I should have been mad. I literally just Googled, I Googled Fraggy, and I was like, I don't know. Let me just play some things about him. <laughs> She's giving me a freaking like PNP problem. It's just like I'm gonna look up the answer and then be like, "Oh, who played for Ninjas in Pajamas from 2016-08-02 to 2017-06-21?" Wait, are you googling that right now? I just pulled up Fraggy's page. Okay, I was like, "Wait, how'd you remember he was in Ninjas in Pajamas?" (laughs) I was gonna say that, and I figured you just wouldn't know. (laughs) 
Oh, I would have had absolutely no idea. Gotcha. It does All look right. like the team either rebranded or reformed the next year as Rest in Pajamas, mm-hmm. which is yes, a much, did. much better team name than Ninjas in Pajamas, I gotta say. A lot of layers to that to that pun. There's also a lot of J's in Ninjas in Pajamas, though. It's like a nice... Mm. It's a letter that's not well represented. It's the only letter not in the periodic table. Like, I think anytime J gets thrown into something, it's kind of interesting. No J in the periodic table. Interesting. Huh. Q is also apparently not in the periodic table. Yeah, that one seems like more normal because it's not in the London alphabet, but uh, I don't know, man. You get to some of the like really weird exotic stuff, and it's all just a Latin word for like 11, 12. No, the weird exotic stuff was all made by Americans. It's like the the bottom two rows are like Einsteinium, like all those things that have only existed as elements for like eight seconds, like in CERN. They just like mm-hmm. named them all after stuff that they were fans of, but. And I guess, well, sorry, anyone who isn't an American listener, uh, Mendeleev's table is what I'm talking about, not the periodic table. Apparently, we okay. only call it that here. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for, for Danny Rand's random trivia. <laughs> it's mainly for Alpha, just because he always gives us the trivia. I feel bad using our you know jingoistic name. <laughs> um, well, I think that's probably going to wrap us up for today. What it should think? definitely wrap us up because I'm <laughs> going to rant too hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should absolutely be the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you out there, everyone, for listening. Check out our Discord. Uh, check out some previous episodes leading up to this moment in plans, which is big and exciting and an amazing run we've had with the Boston Uprising team this year, which is epic. Uh, I have been your host, Noe. I was joined tonight by Mr. Random Trivia, Danny Rand. Put your head down and go to go to Liquipedia to look up your favorite yeah. player. <laughs> that sounds everybody. good everybody